0: Looking for more professional learning, free as a benefit of your union membership? OEA's upcoming quarter catalog is available now at grow.oregoned.org. You're listening to OEA Grow a member-led production of the Oregon Education Association and a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network. OEA Grow is by members, for members. In season 10, members discuss supporting our newly-arrived students with Sakura Hamada. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to OEA Grow Podcast. For this season, we've been talking about supporting our newly arrived students, including immigrants, students that are refugees, and first-generation students. And for those of you that have listened to OEA Podcast before, welcome back. It's so great to have you all again. But those of you who has not listened to OEA Growth Podcast before, welcome. It is so good to have you all join us. This is an amazing podcast where educators come together and I get to interview the amazing folks um, from this session. And today, I have the honor to have Rina Jan as our guest today. If Rina can introduce herself.
1: Hello. Hello. I'm Rina Jan. I am a middle school counselor at the Beaverton School District. Um, I had 6th grade last year, and this coming fall, I will have them as 7th graders.
0: Yeah, so for some of the uh, listeners that may not be too familiar with what middle school counselors do, can you tell us more about what what you all do on a daily basis?
1: It's um, kind of funny. I think someone was mentioning... Count, like someone, someone was mentioning how counselors should be really known as like consolers. <laughs> I feel like that's that's pretty accurate for middle school. Um, when I tell kids, when I do introductions, I tell them that my job is to help them get through school. And there's times where things might get in the way of their learning, such as um, there could be some um, maybe family or social sh- social things are going on, emotional things, identity um, it could even just be like they're just having some kind of difficulty learning, and I'm help I'm here to help them kind of figure out what those barriers are and to help them kind of get through it. So that could be me that could mean, you know, trying to figure out the student with a learning disability or figuring out what supports the student might need outside of school, or just mostly in school helping them kind of get through um, whatever emotional or Family or social situation that they're in, so that um, they can kind of get off their mind, so that they can go back to class and and be a little more clear headed.
0: So you mentioned about how um, you have been helping students with the emotional, with emotional thing, having them like figure things out, um, including like learning disabilities and all that stuff, and this topic. The season's topic is about supporting a newly arrived student. And so how does that like intersect with you supporting newly arrived students?
1: Well, I think a big part of growing up, especially in middle school, is having a sense of belonging and for students to feel like they belong somewhere, that they're included and um I feel like when they enter middle school, they kind of lose all sense of that. <laughs> and so it's, it's trying to refine that for them. And when there's when they're newly coming to our school, whether that from a different school or from another country, it's really about um, getting them to feel comfortable and feel like they're, they're being supported. Um, like this past year, we had a student come up, coming from a different school who had some issues at their last school. And so a lot of it was trying to make sure that their parents and the student feel like they're being supported here, um, having lots of communication with the parents, having a lot with the student. Um, sometimes that may, that just means like maybe even just going to the classroom and just kind of like making eye contact with them. doesn't necessarily mean like pulling them out of class and talking to them, but just, just so they know that there's a presence there. Um, that's, mm. that's my biggest focus.
0: Yeah, you know, so um, I've been had. The, I had I've been having a privileged and honored to interview some other folks about this topic, and then what I hear a lot is about relationship, connection, sense of belonging, right? And I think like, I feel like that's like the common theme. It's like for when we are talking about newly arrived students, but I'm just curious though. Middle school is such an awkward stage for a lot of kiddos. I know it was for me personally back then. And so I'm curious how you also help them navigate that. Because, again, they're going through, like, um, developmental changes, transitioning, maybe they're with identity, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And so, yeah, how do you help them navigate that as a middle school counselor?
1: Um, I feel like in this case, it helping them navigate it isn't so much – like what I do isn't so different from what I would do with other students. Um, a lot of it is just kind of you know like having that connection relationship with them, so that when they do have something come up, um, they're more likely to tell you about it. So, so when I do have a new student, I like to sit with them for a while. I usually take probably way too long. <laughs> I take I take a while. I like and I sit them down. I talk to them for a little bit. I, get to know them and then I show them their classes and help them get, get everything set up. And so I feel like that, and sometimes with some students I'll I may take longer than others just because I want them to make sure that they understand that they know that I can be a resource for them. Um, so that when they do kind of Mm -hmm. encounter these issues, they, you know, are, they feel comfortable like coming and talking about it and then just giving them that space. Um, to do so, so I feel like when, you know, like I have lots of like fidgets and toys in my office, and and I feel mm-hmm. like when when you give them the space, when you kind of just like you know, just tell me what's on your mind, what what you know, I'm just here to listen, or like, and then as soon as they feel like you're like, okay, you're not going to judge me for this or anything, they'll just they'll just say it, <laughs> they'll just pour out pour whatever is on their mind, they'll just they'll just come right out.
0: Yeah. No, totally. And I think just giving them that space in general is so important and for them to just explore their feelings, you know, and I myself as an elementary school counselor, I do the same thing too at an elementary school setting. And, and yeah, fidgeting toys. Man, yeah. they're, they're quite powerful. I'm just curious, like, what, are, what fidget and toys do you usually have in your office? just so that I have it as a reference to <laughs> yeah.
1: um, putty is a really popular one. So I have, you know, get mm-hmm. like, um, I'll go on Amazon or something get hand therapy putty. So they're like different, they're different consistency. Like some are harder, some are softer. I have some errors thinking putty. I have, um, little puzzle, puzzle fidgets, like with magnets. Um, Squishy toys. Um, Was it? I have those like oil timer things, or mm-hmm. like I don't know what they're called. But, you know, there's like there are those things where it's like you can like tip it on the side or tip it over, and then the oil kind of goes. Oh through, yeah, yeah, that, yeah 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 so yeah. That that those are fun to watch. Um, so I'll just have random stuff like that. Something that kids can like. Kind of mess it with their hands, but not be super involved mm-hmm. in, or like something they can stare at. Like, well, yeah, something they can do or something they can look at that's kind of like minimally engaging. Yeah, And yeah. Sometimes, oh, yeah. Stuff, no,
0: like I think that's good.
1: Yeah, like colored pencils, markers, coloring stuff. Um, I even have like kinetic sand, but I don't bring that out very often because it gets pretty dirty. <laughs> it gets pretty messy in there, right? No. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I bet. Yeah, wow. That sounds like a a lot of like tools, fidgets, and toys that are available in your office. And how do your whenever your students come into your office, how do they get to choose that? Um, Do they just get to pick, or do you just give it to them based on what you know about those students?
1: (laughs) Um, I actually just have it on my desk. On my table, we have. I have a little table in my in my office, and there's just like a basket full of it, and they can just go in and grab whatever they want.
0: Oh yeah, no, I think that's awesome. Like I also have some fidgets. I feel like poppet has been super popular. Mm-hmm. Like even the kiddos. Like I work with the some of the uh, kiddos who are from uh from Congo or or Ukraine and I got a chance to like check in with them and then yeah just let them play with fidgets, and I don't really have to explain them how to play with you know and I think that's pretty cool that I don't have to like tell them oh you're supposed to play it like this they just kind of figure out on their own and I don't know is that also what you also noticed in middle schoolers too like you don't have to tell them how to do this they're just all right start playing with it
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like with with fidgets, it's a lot of it's kind of like you just do whatever you want with it anyway. So, yeah.
0: right, you know, that's the yeah. beauty of it, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so I we want I want us to go back to like how you've been supporting like parents, like the feeling having them feel belong, because um, I know that like at least based on my own experience, a lot of parents feel. Um, May, may feel disconnected with the school system, or especially if they're coming from a different country, um, they're not familiar with the school system in America. And so how do you build that bridge between the parents and the school, and how do you better best advocate
1: for them? I think, honestly, that's one of the biggest challenges, um, is connecting with parents, um, especially from out of district and Especially if they're not native English speakers, because um, mm-hmm. we have we have all these like great ways to reach parents, but it's really only if you know how to navigate it. So like we you know we use Parent Square, right there's like you know there's Instagram, there's all the social media stuff, there's the websites and all the things but mm-hmm. but to even just to like, um, know how to use Parent Square. I feel like is a, is, can be a barrier and I feel like that is that is definitely something that needs to be worked on. Um, and even just getting information out because um, like with Parent Square I think when you when you register your student your your phone number is automatically entered into Parent Square but then when you send messages you have to click on the link to see the whole message and a lot of parents don't um, realize that. And then there's even things where it's like, um, like summer school, for instance. Um, I feel like a, a a hard part of summer school is is um, the planning kind of ends up being, at least for the last few years, it ends up being like the the okay to go for planning ends up being like starting in like I don't know like. April or May. So then you Mm. have a short amount of time to recruit students. And it's no one's fault. It's just like, it's just like the getting the okay, you can have summer school part. It's just like everyone's waiting. And then we have to like wait to get the okay to even start planning it. And then by the time we have it planned and all the messages sent out, um, a lot of the non native English speaker families are like the last to know. And it's, and the difficulty with that is, um, yeah. Is because you know a, a lot of our information is through Parent Square, so then by the time um, mm-hmm. other families might hear about it, it might be too late for them. Um, so that's something I feel like that needs needs to be worked on. I know we have um, we have a an amazing bilingual facilitator at our school. Um, she's Spanish speaking. Um, connects with all connects with a huge portion of our students, and is really great with um, with the Spanish speaking community. Um, she like personally knows a lot of them by chance. Um, it's really cool mm-hmm. at communicating with parents. Like she she will sometimes stay late to make phone calls because that's when it's easier to reach the parents themselves. Um like, you know, after their oh, work that's afters, so true. Yep. Um and then we also have a multilingual department where we can submit requests for them to contact families like via phone or um, written or or whatever and like we can also request interpreters then too but I think yeah like for summer school the Mm -hmm. hard part is kind of like okay like we got the okay to start planning for summer school and then how do we get the word out and then how do we make sure that the multilingual department also knows and which students to contact but then that's another issue too because it's like we might have self-selected some students for contact but not all students just because we do just, oh, so much Yeah, just because it's like it's hard to know who to contact and and like if we if we got to everyone or not.
0: Yeah, no, there's definitely inequities there when like doing like when we're making an attempt to do an outreach and then uh this the district I used to work at yeah we used we also have been using Parent Square and that in it, itself was. Difficult for parents to sign up in because like you have to like go into the like get in get the app and then doing the sign up thing. And that's yeah. you know, again, that's difficult for some parents. And also we used to use this thing called remind, uh, where we send out yeah, remind messages. It's like again, similar to Parent mm-hmm. Square. Basically that's how we send the message to parents, but we changed it to Parent Square uh last year. And so Again this whole transitioning of like how we communicate parents or the community in general is has definitely created a lot of confusion yeah and that's and I feel like yeah like you said it it leaves a lot of our non um, native in, uh, non-native speaker uh, left out or like they're the last one to gain the information yeah, yeah. and tra- yeah and the transition
1: takes time yeah yeah right. Right. Translation takes um, to submit a request. You have to do it at least two weeks in advance. And sometimes, like honestly, like you know, this summer it was like, okay, if we have this many spots for summer school. The deadline is in two days. Can you get some students in? It was like, uh, okay, <laughs> we can try. Oh yeah, it's mm-hmm. that, that's what we have to work with sometimes. It's, so it's it can be frustrating at times. And and I think for even with even with native speaking native English speaker families, it's like, there's so many different applications to work with. Like we use Canvas to do assignments, and then parent square for grades, and then you have parent, parent view for grades, and then you have parent square for communication. So even Mm -hmm. that's just hard to, to manage even, even if you know how to navigate things.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. Technology is, is both convenient but also makes it challenging for us because there's just so much platform that we have to navigate mm-hmm. and we need to like get used to as uh, us educators and also parents too. And I can't imagine, I mean, well, students are quite adaptable. Like they're like super prone to like, you know, technology, you know, apps and, you know, social media, whatnot. But I, I can't imagine the difficulty a lot of middle school students also struggle with too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a lot to navigate. And I wonder... like, yeah. 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 It is. Oh,
0: for and sure. It's,
1: yeah, I feel like to, to try to engage more um, new, I guess, newly arrival families and students, like we do have... Um, it's been pretty fun. We've had some um, family nights, uh, like once a semester. And mm-hmm. then um, our bilingual, bilingual facilitator has hosted like... Um, Day of the Dead celebration. Um, um, Mm -hmm. Our social worker has done like one or two workshops and it was really geared towards like Spanish speaking families. Um, So there is some like, you know, we attempt outreach, but it's just overall it's, it can be difficult and frustrating. Um, And then with, with, with parents, it's, you know, like maybe they come in first day with their child and it's kind of like, you know, making sure that I meet them and that they have a face, um, that they can recognize with the school, mm-hmm. um, really just getting them assured that their child would be taken care of, that it's like, like, we won't, right. we you know, we'll keep an eye on your kid, we'll make sure that they're getting the, they're, 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 they're getting what they need at this school, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a little customer service-wise, so it's kind of like, you know, it's making them feel, yeah, them feel um, secured. Yeah, no, totally. And parents want their
0: kids to thrive, do well in school, have the best time, and they're putting so much, a lot of trust in us. And so, yeah. like, yeah, we, we got to do what we can yeah, to support them. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm just so curious. Uh, I feel like this is also the good question to ask to our listeners too. Like, how do you, how do you all have a good, great parent engagement for newly arrived student like community, but probably not just newly arrived student like communities too, but parents in general. Like a lot of parents. Like, yeah, it's it's difficult to get their full engagement like you like you mentioned rena about family nights like those are a great way to like get their engagement and and participate in the community but that's also like not everyone's available to join or volunteer so yeah i'm just so what i i keep wondering about that but too bad there is no magic wand you know (laughs)
1: like i wish there is keeping parents um Mm -hmm. Aware what's going on for their child at school. Like sometimes it's just uh, it does it doesn't have to be like a big issue or anything. Does something small or whatever. Does something like, kind. You know, I just want your parents to know about this or make sure that they know. And it's more sometimes it's more because it's just because you want to form that connection. And and I feel like that's Mm -hmm. a good way of connecting with parents and and engaging with them is that, um, you know, when you do make those personal connections, like those phone calls or. Uh, messages or something that that it's like okay uh-huh. when you send your child off to school it's not this like this big black box and you don't know what happens um and then they just come home and tell yeah. you it was fine <laughs> yeah. so it's sometimes it's yeah 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 So it's nice to just just kind of give them a heads up be like oh hey like this happened to school today or like hey your kid did great today or um just kind of putting in those those deposits to those relationship deposits
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm for sure yeah like parents need to know like and they have a right to know what's going on in school both positive negatives and I'm sure a lot of them they want to hear what amazing thing their child did at school not all the bad things and you know again going back to other interviews that I had before it's just the focuses communication relationship and just being transparent with them too, I think, and that is so important. Working with any kinds of students and family, not just newly arrived students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just
1: yeah, having that. For I feel like the the more parents are hearing from you, the better the way, relationship. And and I know it's like it's like oh, this is like you know just a one one family connection, one student connection. But if you think about it in like as like ripples in a pond kind of thing. It. It will expand uh-huh. out, and it will. I feel like the more you do it, just the the more of a sense that parents feel engaged, even if they're not, even if they haven't talked to you, they, they just get that vibe.
0: Hmm. No, for sure. I'm curious, Dorina. So middle, so talking, thinking about middle school and whatnot, like there's like uh, multiple classes that kids have to go to. It's different than elementary school. If it's just one classroom teacher, Um, how do you help navigate? Like, maybe I should stop using the word navigate, but how do you support them with like, you know, with classes and also electives and maybe even preparing for high school or maybe beyond? I don't know. Like, I'm just curious. How do you also support them with that?
1: That part can be pretty difficult. I... I try to give kids as much control and choice as possible. So, you know, for the most part, they don't have that much control over the classes, but they can choose their electives usually. And so Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to make sure that I have um, in their schedule, the classes that they wanted to take. Um, And so sometimes that might mean waiting until the day the student shows up to enter them into their elective classes. Um, yeah, so I feel like that kind of gives them a little okay, more say yeah. in you know their education experience and then and then taking the time to give them a tour of the school and kind of walk them through each of their classes and um, uh, finding students who are interested and willing to help sure make sure that the student gets to the next class Um and I have to say a lot of our students are really kind and really empathetic that way because they, they love new students. They, they want to help them out. Um, they really like mm-hmm. talking to them. And it, and I feel like it can be hard sometimes because it's like some students are like, they're really into, it. they're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like they just kind of fold right in other students get kind of shy. And like me, it's like, it takes me a little while to warm yeah. up and then I get more comfortable and want to talk more. So then it's like, so I feel like it's,
0: it's totally. Hard some
1: students come in; they just kind of shut down. They don't talk to anyone, and then you have all these like friendly other students who mm-hmm. want to talk to them, and they're like, "Oh, okay, like maybe you don't want to make friends right now." And yeah, it's hard. It's just hard, and yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and you know, if hard. I can, if sure. I can, I'll try to make sure, like, check in on them, their classes, see if they made it okay, or like, I tend to try to be in the hallway a lot. Um, and seeing if they know where they're going. And then at the end of the day, um, making sure I meet up with them to take them to their bus.
0: Oh, you also, you even help them with like um, at, during dismissal, like with bus and whatnot, yeah. huh? Oh no, that's good. Like just so then they don't feel like they're not, like the school is over, all right, bye-bye now. It's just you actually like help them find the correct bus because oh, yeah, yeah, like especially it's their first day. Yeah or they're not used to taking the bus, then it's it gets difficult. And especially they're not familiar with who's the bus driver is or who they're riding the bus with. Yeah. That's a great yeah, point. Just, I mean,
1: I love Yeah, like that. the bus pickup after school is always such – it's so chaotic. And it's like, like how do you know where oh, your yeah. bus is? Um, I'm usually looking for it with them too, mm-hmm. so I don't really know where they are. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> they're just following me as we try to look for the buses. Yeah. Um, even at lunchtime, you know, just keeping an eye on them. Like, I had a student this year who came from, a, like, Singapore. Um, didn't really know how mm-hmm. to open the milk carton either, you know? Because, like, like, totally understandable. Like, some things work differently in different countries. And so then, you know, I just kind of went over, like, oh, this is how you open it. Like, no biggie. Um, lunch lines, I'll usually, tell, like, ask them if they know how to do, the, like, go through the lunch line. If they don't, kind of lock them through it. Um, little things like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man, that's helpful. Ooh, how about locker? <laughs> like, do you also help them out with the lockers too? Well, at least, like, you s- notice that they're struggling with locker. Like, has locker been
1: also the real challenges oh, for our newly arrived students? Yeah, I mean, lockers are, are difficult for any student. Um, I feel like it's, it's <laughs> extra <laughs> yeah. difficult if you don't exactly understand the directions in English. Because it's... Mm -hmm. Just the mechanics of you go to the right and then go to the left, but they pass the zero and then go back to the right. And it's like, just Mm -hmm. knowing how to do that, um, knowing how to get them to understand that part in English for English speaking students (laughs) are already hard enough, but then for, uh, you know, non-English native speakers, it's it's more difficult. Um, and so ideally if I had more time, I would just practice with them for a long time. Um, but frankly, since Aww. COVID, we haven't really used lockers too much. And so when I had sixth grader this year, um, they didn't really use it that often. Uh-huh. Like, they had access to it, but they didn't really use it.
0: Mm. Mm. Interesting. Like, yeah, but like you said, locker was hard for me at first. I mean, I got a hang of it because it's, it's starting to become a kinetic memory, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, you like, you go left and right and blah, blah, blah. And so I got used to it, but... Like even myself, I struggle with reading a instruction in general. Mm-hmm. So and and I'm also a newly arrived student, and I was also learning English too. So even with visuals, my goodness, it was really difficult. So yeah, I can't imagine also going through the similar challenges.
1: Just opening that locker, yeah. you know? Yeah, like like you said, it's like it eventually becomes like a memory thing, but then it's like, and even with visuals, like I know we, I know there's visuals available and that we can use them. And I've probably used them myself, but it's still, it's still hard. <laughs> it can still be difficult. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And there's different cultural aspect to it too. Like even like cafe, even going cafeteria or eating lunch in this big space with peers so grabbing food in the line but also a lot like oh, you having your own locker depending on where the students are coming from they may not have that same experience back in their like the country that they come from or originated from if that makes sense so like having to help them help them with that and then like you said even the little thing counts like noticing those details and giving them a hand is so yeah, important. Or, yeah, I,
1: I feel like, yeah. I mean, I've, I've traveled a good amount and I studied abroad in Hong Kong. And it's like, I always think about those times where it's like you're in a new mm-hmm. area and you just don't know how things work. Like, what is the script for this? What is the script for going into the cafeteria? Are there certain places I shouldn't be sitting? Like, how do I get through the lunch line? So yeah, I just, I usually try to review that with them so they have a sense of kind of like, oh, okay, like this is how it works.
0: Oh, that's helpful. I'm sure that's helpful for a lot of students. And yeah, I feel like you're being super proactive by just lending them a hand and like, and like going over the script to like what to do in a certain situation or in this space. And mm-hmm. so, oh, that's awesome, Rina. Thank you. Um, Yeah. Is there anything else you would like to share to our uh, listeners or any... Resources, information you wanna
1: like share before our closing. I think a big thing is for like you know for for families is like if you have a concern, advocate like like don't feel like it's not your place. Don't feel like um, because I know like culturally some some with some families and and in education it's like you know like I send my kid off like now educ like now the school is responsible for everything for my child. Um. And you know that that is a thing, but it's also kind of like if you have it, mm-hmm. if you have a concern, you can also bring it up. You don't have to wait for the school to yeah. bring it up, because um, maybe the school doesn't even notice. It's so it's like I feel like it's just don't mm. like I feel like I want I want parents to know and families to know and students to know that they have a voice and that they're entitled to a fair and appropriate education and and if they don't feel like they're getting what they need at the school that it's okay to to make a point of it like don't don't feel like yeah. you're a burden don't feel like you're you're causing a ruckus it's um we want we want to support your child
0: yeah 100 percent. and you know this podcast is you know is listened by a variety of Audiences, So I'm sure a lot of parents will listen to this episode. And I'm sure they'll be inspired by your wisdom, Rina. And a lot of us educators are also a parent. Um, I myself am not a parent I'm just um, a mother of my cat <laughs> so <laughs> I, I can't really speak on behalf of the parent educators but I'm sure what you just shared right there is inspiring for a lot of our audiences and so thank you so thank much you. for joining us Rina we, I really
1: appreciate it thank you, thank thank you. So good, uh, it was a pleasure to be on here
0: For more OEA professional learning opportunities, visit grow.oregonad.org.